Well, 2020 is coming and it's time for vision and big thinking, but that often involves risk. And the longer we're in ministry, the more risk averse we become. So how do we make sure that we are risking for the sake of the mission? That's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 111 of The Reclaim Leader, helping you lead change without losing your roots. I'm Jason Tucker, here with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Doing really well, Jason, today. Getting excited for uh, just all the things that we have going on here at Marine View. I, I was talking to a friend of mine here on staff, and we're talking about when you get a sense of morale and momentum, you just got to keep riding it and, and inching things along. So we're kind of in a season where we're just there's a lot of good things going, but I, I also have this sense that we're right around the co- corner from needing to have a bigger conversation. And that's kind of where we're going to go with the next couple episodes. We're going to be talking about when is it time to, to take a look at what, what's going on? Who are we as a church right now? Where are we going? Where's God leading us? And uh, we're going to hear uh, in our next episode, it's going to be great. We're talking to Bob Weitzel and he's going to talk about some principles from interim ministry that help us to understand and evaluate and transition different things, even if we're this installed pastor that's been there for a year. So that's coming. That's going to be great. But today we're talking about risk. And when we kind of look up and we, we realize that we've been doing some good things and there's lots of, lots happening, but it might be time to cast some vision and take some big risks again. And uh, so we're going to be talking about risk related to the church and how do we normalize risk in the life of the church for the sake of the mission. And uh, some churches are really great at taking risks. I would say for a lot of us, leaders and congregations, risk uh, can feel really scary. So that's where we're going today. I used to think that I was really good at taking risk. And I think situationally I can be. But what I've noticed is when I have more to lose, I am way more risk averse. When I've experienced some success, I'm way more risk averse. When things aren't going well and we're feeling a little bit desperate and we got to turn things around, I'm like, let's bet it all on black. You know, let's. That's right. Let it <laughs> let's ride. Let's see what let happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's so true because when we came into the roles we came into, they, it wasn't our vision. It wasn't our, our program, our culture, our whatever as leaders. And so we're willing to risk somebody else's stuff. Yeah. in order to move things forward and, and bring in some of our own culture and our own uh, vision. And it makes a lot of sense that we'd be willing to risk what we didn't, we, we might like it, we might even admire it, but we didn't build it. So it doesn't, it, it, there's less to lose, right? It's, it's, it's okay if, if, it, if we don't win or something. So, you know, I, I noticed the same thing. Once kids came along in my life, my willingness to take risks unnecessarily diminished greatly from just simple things like uh, the type of activities that I was excited about doing. So it, it makes a lot of sense. I think you're right on the right track that uh, big thinking often involves big risk, but when we've had some success or we've been the one to shape culture for a while, I think we become risk averse. And I think congregations do the same when we've had some past successes 
to risk letting go, even if it's plateaued and it's not working quite as well as it did, it feels really, really scary. So there's a saying out there, Jason, you know, as we come up on 2020 and we need to think big and all this, we hear this phrase, no risk, no reward, no risk, no reward. And that's a, you know, okay. Trite saying that's out there. But the example that came to mind for me about that was, you know, back a thousand years ago when um, I was young and optimistic and full of life. Uh, I was dating uh, my now wife, Callie, and she's fantastic. And um, I'd come to this point where I'd made this big decision to take a huge risk and ask her to marry marry me. But I needed to go. She's from the South. And uh, and so, you know, we got to follow some of the traditional things that you do in the, in the South. And so I, I felt like I needed to have a conversation with her dad first. It was a great guy. Uh, but I needed to talk to him first to get not so much his permission, but his blessing, just to invite him to be part of that and to honor him in that way. But here's the problem, Jason. Tim, who's, who's an amazing guy, he is also an Arkansas state prison warden. <laughs> he, he, he's no joke when it comes to that. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's the nicest guy. You would never think that meaning, but he's been, it was a prison warden. And, and at the time he was living in Chattanooga and it was a warden there. And so it was a little intimidating. It was real risky to go and meet with Tim. So I decided I'm going to take him to a public place. So we went to a minor league baseball game in Chattanooga. Good move. About the third inning, I, you know, I brought up the conversation. I checked for snipers in the rafters and things <laughs> first. And, uh, but I took a big risk. And the big reward, of course, is, you know, Callie and I uh, became engaged when we got married and all the things that come with it. But we hear this, no risk, no reward. And it sounds really great. But sometimes... Um, the reality of risk can paralyze us from, from doing the things that we actually want to do or, or suspect maybe we need to do, but it kind of gets in the way. And we hear all the time at conferences and even from guys like you and me on, on podcasts like this, dream big, think big, big audacious goals. Uh, and, and it's removed from the reality or the context that the, yeah. all of our listeners and you and I are in. And, and then we start to think about risk in the reality or in the relationships we have with people in our congregations or organizations. And all of a sudden the risk, it, it becomes hard. It becomes real, it becomes even paralyzing because we're afraid of what, what might happen. So risk, risk is hard. It's an ideal, but in reality, it's a difficult thing. It's so funny. I feel like I'm at the place in my ministry here at this church where I'm kind of like the lawyer from the movies. You, you always see this in the movies when a lawyer's got like a perfect record or like a really good record. And so they don't take on clients that they might lose with. That's right. Yeah. Even if it's the right thing to do. I feel like <laughs> I don't want to mess up the the streak that we're on because yeah, you're we've settling been on a, out of court, man. I like right, it. <laughs> right. We've been on a good streak. Yeah. But I, I also have to say that I've never won. I mean, this is like the conviction time is I never once in scripture I, I don't know, maybe you smart pastors out there can think of something and, and hold me to it. But I can't think of one time where God's like, all right, everything's good just the way it is. Uh, yeah, well, I guess before the fall, but you know, after the fall, everything's good just the way it is. Don't risk anything. You know, carry on. <laughs> Keep the status quo. You know, the, yeah, the status quo that's is just never not, the goal, right? right? That's just not what it is to follow Jesus. And so much of my own personal growth as a leader happens when something of meaning is on the line. Yeah. And there, because there's trust involved in that, there's a reliance of dependence on God that's involved in that. Yeah. There's uh, a need to 
to rely and trust other people in that. And I do think you're right. Um, we do kind of get into a, a not a, a maybe not a rut in a super negative way, but it's it's a rut. It's it's the status quo, and that needs to be upset or disrupted in some way sometimes. And I think I, and it needs to happen relatively frequently. I mean, change needs to be part of what we do. We to continue to grow and think about how God would, who God would have us be right now. And so sometimes, you know, we, we go through a big vision process or we, we kind of evaluate and we take some risks and we, we create something, a culture and a ministry that we're excited about. And people are coming and they're a part of that. And you and I, before we hit record, we were talking about the congregations that we have and, and are part of now are really different from the congregations that we started with you know, five, six, seven years ago. And that sometimes you got to stop and do some evaluating of who you are now and be careful not to get into some of the ruts that are going to get in the way of great ministry. And that, but that's going to involve risk. And we're kind of brainstorming about why is it that congregations are so uh, unwilling to risk or have a tendency to be more conservative. And it, it kind of makes sense. People are here or they're part of your congregation by choice they liked, or at least liked most of, or some of what you're doing now, they're comfortable with it. They, they know how it works. And so anytime we talk about taking a risk or changing something, um, I think people start to get a little bit nervous about that because what we're saying to them, we're casting a vision for something new, potentially a risk to take that has unknown outcomes and we're saying, I know that we, what we have right now is okay, or, but what if we tried this thing? What if there's a better prefer, preferred future out there? And the problem is it's, it's not here yet. It's an as yet unseen, but potentially preferred future. And that's what makes it so uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so why are people and organizations afraid to risk? And that's just it. It's fear. Yeah. They're afraid that people will leave. People won't like it. Or, you know, think of a business, you know, we're going to lose money. Because, and, and listen, let's, let's just call it what it is. There are times when you're afraid of making a change in a church because you're afraid it's going to upset the big contributors. And yeah. so much is riding on kind of the top tier of givers. I mean, that's the reality. And we can, we can say all sorts of things about how it should not be that way. And we would all agree with that. But the reality is when, when it comes down to it and you're like, you know what, this person I'm a little nervous that they're not going to be on board for this thing. And is it right to feel that way? No, but it's real. And yeah. I think it definitely stops you from taking risks and, you know, worrying about the future. Don't you think it's fear of loss yeah. of, of some kind? I'm afraid of losing what we have, what I like, what I prefer, what I'm comfortable with. And we don't know if I'm yeah. going to like, be comfortable with, enjoy the next thing. Yeah, yeah, as you said, and, something unseen. Yeah, and and I think it, there's our fears associated with that make make a lot of sense. You know, um, if we take a big risk and it doesn't work out, it might it might cost us our job. Um, we were touring, us, you know, all big things. Yeah, we were just touring a, a church this last weekend that has closed its doors, hmm. and as I'm walking around uh, this church and looking at sort of the ghost town of its building. You know, I'm just thinking to myself, what were they unwilling to risk 
or what did they not risk until it was too late? And then they didn't have the resources to take a risk. Yeah. yeah. And I, I felt I was really sad. I was, it was really sad walking around and seeing the space and knowing that at one time it was a, a, a vibrant congregation. And you're just mm-hmm. thinking that's us. If we, if we're not willing to risk, yeah. because what happens is churches, they don't risk, they don't risk, they don't risk. And then it's like, they're so desperate, then they're ready to risk, but now there's nothing left to risk. There's nothing left on the line, right? That's right. Yeah, and and I do think you get to, there is that point of desperation where it is put it all on black. And that's not that's not the kind of risk we're talking about here. We're gonna right. be, I will say a little bit more about calculated risk, risk related to discernment of God's vision and direction for our life. We don't risk um, in, in sort of irresponsible ways what we what we want to do is normalize a culture of risk taking because risk taking leads to innovation draws in capable leaders people who are passionate and want to try things and if we're unwilling to risk because we want to preserve the status quo that plateau is going to lead to decline and decline is going to lead to then um kind of driving some of the people away that could be part of a really vibrant future and eventually we won't have much left to risk it won't really be risk at that point it'll be more of an act of desperation so normalizing risk in the life of the church, creating a culture where we take risks for the sake of our mission. That's what we want to do. We want to do it responsibly, thoughtfully, um, within a process part, you know, those words that make us comfortable as Presbyterians, you know, really (laughs) out there. (laughs) We got to discern and things, but a willingness to risk for the sake of the mission. And for me, uh, you know, I'm thinking about not only organizations and people, why they're are, are averse to risk and, you know, why are churches averse to risk? Well, why is a church leader averse to risk? Um, For all those reasons that you just mentioned. And I was thinking one example that uh, is true for me. And I was just thinking about this related to some of the conversations we've been having about our facilities at at Marine View. We kind of need to go through a vision process for our campus. What's the future of our ministry the next five, 10 years? What are our needs going to be? Do we have enough space? Do we need to change the way we use our space? Do we need to fix this building and sell this one? What, what should we do? And we've been wrestling with this for a while. And so finally we said, let's get a, let's put together a vision. Let's look at our community. Let's do a mission study again. Let's go big again and maybe even bring a consultant in to help us think about who we are now and where we're going. And honestly, I'm sitting in that meeting and I know these are all the right things. In fact, this is the culture that I've worked hard to create to have a, a great session that's willing to, to ask those kinds of questions and make those suggestions and, and be willing to risk that. But I was, I, I was feeling anxious, nervous. I'm not sure I want a consultant to come and look at what we're doing too closely. Oh man. I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if I want a consultant to come and tell me how, how we're doing because the truth is what we have right now is what I, I helped build. And so this, it was this, I, and I this realization that I'm a, I'm afraid to find out what some of the things I might already suspect or know to be true, or maybe I don't know in our blind spots, but I know if a consultant comes, one of the things they're going to say is you're the ceiling on our organization right now. You're one of the, you're part of the problem, which is always true for the leader. We have to yeah. grow and develop, but there's a fear for me to take that risk, uh, within the context of something that I've helped create. And I think that kind of brings us back to the beginning of our conversation. So, so it's a fear of facing things as they really are because we might not like what we hear, even though we know 
that in order to move forward, we're going to have to face it. I was thinking about, actually, I was thinking about weight loss. So, you know, over the last year, um, I was able to lose about 40 pounds and I had come to a point in my health, which, you know, um, kind of my weight and health has always been a bit of an issue my whole life. So I, you know, I'm kind of uh, hills and valleys. And one thing that, that really struck me as you were talking was I had lots of excuses for why my health was the way it was. Some of those really good excuses, but until I actually faced it and decided to do something about it, nothing was ever truly going to change. And I think that's why risk is so important. There's something about risk that requires you to face your reality, Mm -hmm. to envision a preferred future, and then to actually take sometimes scary steps toward that future because you know it's the right way to go. That's right. That's that's well said, Jason. I I think that's that naming reality, acknowledging what actually is, that's the job of a leader. Yeah. But what happens when you and I as the leaders, whether it's in our own personal life at home or of our own our health or our organization, when we're a little bit scared to take a look at reality. Yeah. Because we're not sure we want to know or uh, we're afraid what we're going to find out. And um, I think that's one of the, maybe that's the first risk that you need to take as a leader is being willing to name reality and accept, accept it for what it is and then say, okay, now what is you'll find out that it's, it's not as bad as you feared, Yeah, but it also won't be as good as you hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in that middle line, right? I don't yeah. know who said that, but somewhere in the middle is what you're going to find. And you're going to find things to work on and things to celebrate. So let's unpack a little bit what some of these risks for congregations can be, because I, um, it, it is a little bit nebulous to just simply sure. talk about, yeah. about risk. So uh, all I can do is just kind of start giving some examples. I'd say the first one is, uh, this is something that we risked recently, uh, as recently as two years ago, when in our budgeting process, we decided for the first time to have a, a challenge or mission budget and say, we're not offering a balanced budget here. We're offering a budget that includes a risk that you are going to support us more for the sake of this particular mission and these particular outcomes. And that was a huge risk organizationally. For me personally, it wasn't a large risk in the sense that I really didn't doubt that God was going to show up and do it. Like I didn't feel like it was a big personal risk, but it was a huge organizational risk. They, this is not how they do things. And in fact, um, they, they did it in such a way where they didn't call it, it wasn't really a balanced budget, but they sort of balanced it and saying, this is, this is the amount that you're going to give and it's going to be balanced and everything's zeros. And, um, but, but we met it and we met our mission outcomes. And it was so great to be able to go to the congregation and be like, um, we said we had a challenge budget. We didn't know if we we're going to meet it. And we were hope and we had that challenge budget because we needed to spend more in personnel because we needed to cover these ministry areas. We knew that, that we were going to need more hours to, to continue to grow uh, this ministry. And it was our worship ministry and our kids ministry. We knew we needed more people if we're going to sustain growth. And when we did grow as a result of it, and, and the bottom line did work out actually better than we had anticipated, that was a huge win. But it felt like a really big risk for us yeah. as a church. We just 
aren't and used it to might that. not have gone that way right it, it, right it might not have and that's what risk is risk is a calculated purposeful decision to try something new that could potentially move the needle in a really great way for your organization but also has the prospect of backfire fail fly right back into your face and create yeah. chaos cause people to leave it's it that's why it's risk and as of course, as followers of Jesus, we know the right answer to this question. You know, when we are bold and take risks, we trust that God is with us. And even if we fail, God is with us, you know. So, you know, we we don't take risks without kind of the, the hope and the promise of, of God walking with us through whatever happens next. But I think I think it's important to create that culture where we're willing to risk for the sake of the mission. That's what that's what's going to move yeah. things forward. That's what's going to create an organization and a congregation worth being a part of. And um, it's what we're called to ultimately as followers of Jesus to risk for the sake of the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ in our world. But man, it's scary when your paycheck and your health benefits and your retirement yeah. and your, your staff members uh, employment and their families and, um, all, all those things are at, are part of the equation that over time make it harder and harder to risk. And so yeah. um, what do you do? How do you create a culture of risk? I guess it'd be both Marine View and Tower Hill are congregations that have shown some hesitancy and some reluctance, but also a willingness to risk, to, to try things. And I, I want to say, I think maybe the first part of creating a culture of risk that's healthy is having a really clear vision and mission. Yeah. Because now you have a criteria on uh, through which to evaluate and discern the types of risks you, you should be taking and yeah. which are wise and unwise risks. And so you have a layer of discernment. You're not just risking because you guys risk to stretch budget to help fund great ministry for the next generation. That's within your vision and mission. That's a calculated risk that makes sense. If it fails, try something else. But it wasn't because you you had this dream way off to the side that had nothing to do with what you're doing. Yeah. So that's I guess that'd be my first point is if you want to create a culture of risk, get really clear about who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And then you'll know what kind of risks make sense within that. That is so huge, Jesse. Uh, you have to ruthlessly run everything through the lens of your vision and mission. I mean, ruthlessly. Otherwise, you totally end up in directions that you didn't intend to go that example of this was recently, you know, we had the Red Cross reach out to us. They want to do a blood drive here in our church. Now, as we've talked about before, our staff is incredibly part-time. We need them every single hour. We need them doing the work that they've been tasked to do. And the more we thought about this, we're like, this is going to take a lot of work for us to pull off logistically. This really isn't in our mission and vision of what we need to be doing right now. And that's what made it hard is that it wasn't something like, oh yeah, the atheist club wants to come have a meeting at your church. Like, yeah. like no, it wasn't so, a no-brainer. It was something like, this is a good thing that we yeah. support, but it's not the right thing for us to put our energy into. And so what we decided was we said no, but we're happy to point people to another blood drive in another location and support it that way. Yeah. But we had to run it through our mission filter, and vision. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly. true with risk. It's true with yeah. risk taking. Um, it's got to run through your through your mission and vision, because yeah. what's the alternative, right? So if you don't if you don't risk, you don't change. If you don't change, you decline. Yep. I mean, yep, that's right. So which risk is the right risk? And any new yeah. idea is a version of risk. And we get all kinds of ideas coming in all the time, and there are lots of good ideas, and 
if we don't have a lens or criteria through which to discern, is this the right idea or is this something that's within the direction we're heading in? We can get swamped by ideas. We can even feel guilty for saying no or probably what actually happens instead of just saying it actually doesn't fit with our vision and mission, we sort of do the passive aggressive thing where we sort of nod along and then don't answer their emails and ignore them until they go away. Um, we had an example of something here um, uh, without getting too specific. Somebody had an idea for a, a concert series that they thought would be really great bringing in some Christian artists here. The only thing was that we as a congregation had never really shown a, a strong interest in that kind of thing to, to support it from a volunteer standpoint or even just our, our, our vision and mission are really about creating an environment where people who aren't church people also want to come and be. And so the things we do outside of Sundays are really thought we think of them. And so doing something where you just have Christian artists coming was kind of for church people. And, but we didn't say no because it felt like, how can you say no to that? And it actually ended up costing resources, time, uh, hurt feelings. Um, there's a lot of things that came when we weren't willing to say no to something. Saying no is risky too. Yeah. And sometimes you got to take that risk, but if you don't have your clear vision and mission, you can, it's going to make it really difficult to know the difference. And the way that we bake risk into what we do is we have margin in our budget somewhere. And for us, it's our outreach budget. We over budget outreach where not every dollar is allocated or figured out. And the idea is we have a certain amount of margin um, that when opportunities come up that seem to make sense with mission and vision, we can pounce on them. Yeah. And, and then I, as the leader with our elders, spent a lot of time talking about if risk doesn't work out, it's not, it's not a lost opportunity or it's not a failure because just the act of risking together for the sake of the kingdom grows us right. to where there's actually a lot of, uh, a lot of good and redeemable things, even if the actual event or initiative didn't work out, right. we grew spiritually in yeah. the process and that's worth it. Totally. There's a fear of failure and what that will say and how it will reflect on you. But in failure, you learn something that you, do, you won't learn from your successes. You'll learn something about who you are as an organization, as a leader, and what you do with your failures is as important as, as who you are with your successes. And so um, that's one of the things that we do. We, we talk about um, risk. And so just even maybe it's a simple, maybe you're thinking of your church or your congregation or leadership team. And you're like, I can't, they're not going to risk. Well, maybe it starts with just asking them about what is our tolerance for risk? How are we at taking risks? And just even talking about the nature of risk, instead of presenting an opportunity to take a risk, talk about how willing are we to risk? How, how often do we risk? Do we have examples of times when we took risks? How, how willing do you think our congregation is to take risks, uh, to change things, to try something new? And beginning to talk about it can even begin to normalize this idea of risk and help people recognize the times when you have taken risks, as you do all the time. And so um, bringing that in, I think, is a, is a crucial thing. And and then you just said this, but also talking about what happens if we never take risks. Yeah. We never change. We eventually die and go away. And so just talking about bringing that whole conversation in is, I think, pretty crucial. And then this is the last one. I wanted to add this, this point in here. Um, and this is where, again, I, as a leader, I begin to get uncomfortable. It's one thing for you and I to risk. 
It's one thing for us as our leadership team that we're in charge of to risk. (laughs) What happens when we invite our staff and even our congregation to take risks for the sake of the vision and mission God has given us? That is risky. And that's I'm sorry. That, yeah, we can't have that. We just yeah, can't that's have too that. far. <laughs> but here's the thing. We, you know, we've taken risks as a staff and as a leadership team, and, and we've seen some really cool outcomes and we see some things that didn't work. But I got to tell you, when it's a grassroots risk that is taken, those things blow my mind and how yeah. they end up going. And, you know, of course, we got to steer it within our vision and mission and make sure it's in, in alignment. But we had, we've had some amazing things happen when we moved to a, what we're calling a teams-based approach to some of our, our ministry areas where we're saying, no, we want the ministry to be your ideas, your direction, your thoughts, your, your vision within this bigger picture. And some of the ideas and, and things that we've tried that have come out of that have been amazing. But if, it's scary to let go of control, Yeah, create room for risk. Yeah, that, that's really important. Um, how do we... One of the ways that you build risk into your organization is that you actually encourage and allow the freedom for your folks to ask risk things in real time. And that's, again, it's a control thing. But even the act of giving that away is so good as a leader. I mean, you don't do it again. You don't do it like with no judgment. (laughs) But, but, you know, it's it's important that we want to model holding things loosely. And I love, I love to the whole idea of just, just telling the people, telling the congregation, telling folks that that when you take a risk, Hey, look, we're going to give this thing a try and it may, it may not work. We think it will, but, but we feel like the reason we need to try is for the sake of the mission of what God wants us to do. And, and if it doesn't work out well, then we'll know that we need to steer a little different direction, but come on with us because we think it's worth it. You know. And I would say this, when I'm talking about risk, inviting your, your congregation to take risks at appropriate, in appropriate ways, given kind of where they are and, uh, and who they are, I'm talking about risks related to decisions mostly that yeah. we want to empower people to make decisions for the sake of the mission and ministry that we have together and give them permission to do that. And, and so some of the risk might be, you know, what they decide to serve as snacks or not for an event or something, you know, something small, but maybe as a team level, those risks get a little bit bigger. The decisions they're making have bigger impact. And so allowing them to make the call is a bigger risk for us as an organization. And so um, there's some great examples of that. I'm sure we'll get into some of those later, but there's one that I really like is called the tree decision-making model, where we want to empower everybody at Marine View to make what we call leaf level decisions. You decide. Everybody has permission to choose blue paper, pink paper, white paper, you know, go for it. Teams are more at the branch level. If you break a branch, you take a risk, we'll come find you and say, hey, how come the branch broke? And what can we do next time to not break branches? But then when it starts getting to the trunk level, that's where where leadership teams, staff teams, we got to spend some time discerning. And the root level, of course, is big stuff like should they hire guys like Jason and Jesse to be their staff or not? Beware. Yeah. If you take that risk, the root might die and the whole thing goes away. So So lots of good examples how that can work. But we really, we just wanted to introduce this concept of risk again, because change risk and change go together. And um, when we stop risking and stop changing, that's something we have to stop and notice and recognize because that's the moment that we begin to die, plateau, decline, or at the very least, we're not as sharp and not as in tune with where God's leading us as we were before. We have some great things planned for the podcast coming up in, in, in the new year. And 
um, that we think will help you in your congregation to, to really discern where God's leading you. And, um, but begin thinking about risk because it's going to be risky to try some of the things that we're going to talk about. So anyway, looking forward to all those conversations. Uh, what's happening next on the podcast here? Yeah, so next week we are back with our good friend, Dr. Bob Weitzel, and he is going to share with us the five lessons that every pastor needs to know that we learn from interim ministry. And I think this is really good. I mean, talk about taking a risk. I mean, this is baked into what it is to be an interim pastor. And I think uh, it helps us understand what are some really important things that we need to be thinking about that we might not think about the longer we're in a position in a church. And so excited to have that conversation. Um, and yeah, it's, it's Thanksgiving week. So I hope everyone has a wonderful time with friends and family. I hope you get to relax and put your feet up and, you know, at least if you're Presbyterian, you have some wine, you know, I don't, I don't know what your tradition is on that, but, um, do you just get a chance to decompress a bit as you go get ready for the big sprint into Christmas? And as Jesse said, we're planning something that we think is really going to be a great tool for you uh, in the podcast coming in January. So what I'm hoping is, is that this risk conversation will just kind of marinate for the next few weeks as we gear up uh, for 2020. So um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, reach out to us, uh, Jason or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. Like us on Facebook, The Reclaim Leader. And until next time, I hope that this has helped you to lead change without losing your roots. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.